self-worth should be how you as yourself view yourself but mm. a lot of my self-worth was based so much on what other people mm. said about me it really stops becoming about motivation at a certain point because motivation is something you need to rely on to get through the hard times to push through to get to a bigger goal mm -hmm. whereas these things of getting up and going to gym now it's just habit Hello everybody and welcome to Switch On with myself, Kyle Clark. A show curated to be the most beautiful love letter to our generation. It's the guidance you never knew you needed from the people you wanted to hear it from the most. I'm so grateful to bring you guys with us and do me a favor, leave a review, drop your comments. We want you guys to share the moments that inspire you. On today's show, we sit down with iconic South African model, TV personality, TV presenter, actress, entrepreneur, and mogul, Shashi Naidu, as she takes us through the journey in of, well, as she takes us through the journey of life in front of the camera. Uh, Shashi gives us the real truth as to how she has dealt with cyberbullying, and we dive deep into how rejection in her industry has taught her to be as tall as the giant she is today. It's time to switch on. Welcome to the show, my love. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have yes. you. We were just talking about a story earlier that uh, when I was younger, I came through to Alushi Models and they replied to me, absolutely incredible. <laughs> Yay for yes. me. Congratulations on everything that you've done over the years. Thank you so much. You have really evolved. Like you, you went from modeling to being an entrepreneur to TV to acting. Uh, how has the journey been for you so far? Ups and downs? Um, of course, I think every journey has it ups and ups and downs. Otherwise, it's not a journey. Yeah. You know, and I don't think you'd want to be on it. If it was just all smooth sailing, I think it would get a little bit boring. Mm. Um, I started off studying chiropractic and then got really? discovered. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I finished that in 2007. That's incredible. So I moved to Johannesburg from PE to start that and then got discovered in a, as a model, I think in my second or third year. Mm -hmm. um, I was busy handing off flowers at an ad agency. And they're like, what, are you here for the casting? I'm like, what's a casting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so I did the casting and got the job. And that was my start in modeling. That's incredible. And I mean, mm. you know, just looking from the outside in into your life, it has evolved incredibly. And I think you have so many different uh, characteristics behind you. What has mm. been your biggest pillar of strength? I, like, let's in, say in the past five years. Um... I think I'm relentless, you know, when I have something that I want, mm. I I won't stop until I kind of achieve that. And also I get bored pretty quickly, which is a <laughs> weakness, but it means that there will be constant evolution in what I do. Um, I would give you an example of, I started modeling and then wanted to pursue a career in modeling. I didn't ever say, I don't think anyone wakes up and thinks I'm so fabulous, I want to be a model, yeah. but I, I thought I could do more yeah. in that field. And then at that time, there were no modeling agencies that accepted you unless you were size zero or you're 175. Yeah. So there was all these um, roadblocks to getting into yeah. the industry and I couldn't understand why. Like they, they take a picture with a camera, you can't see how tall you are. Mm. So that's when I decided to start Alushi. So things that could be potential obstacles, I kind of shifted and were like, okay, screw that, I'm gonna start my own modeling agency then. That's um, incredible, that that's amazing. Thing. And I mean, listening to your story, have you ever taken a break, my friend? <laughs> I mean, like, do you take a break? You say resilience is so your biggest pillar of strength, <laughs> but do you actually take a break? So, well, now I get breaks when I go 
on safari goals because we've yes. that. I've just started another business out of it. <laughs> we started, uh, you know, when lockdown really affected the um, the travel industry in South Africa so much. Mm. Previously, these lodges were only seeing American clients. They were relying on euros, dollars, pounds. So they didn't actually market themselves to South African audience. So, so my, we had a friend that was in the travel industry and they suggested we do a trip to try and market to a local audience. Yeah. And then from there, it now has grown into an actual business and a travel booking platform, uh, which we're quite excited about. And we've just made our first little trailer to hopefully sell a TV show. Congratulations. Well, it's not there yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to speak it into existence. Yes, Congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. And I mean, you know, she does take a break because Safari Girls is actually meant for her to take a break. But you're working most of the <laughs> but time we anyway. Most of the time, but listen, we're having fun. We're drinking. It's it's not yes. exactly hard work. It's work, but it's not exactly straining. It always looks like such a ball. Actually, <laughs> I'm always just like, why am I not the one gay guy that's not there <laughs> on a Safari? I think you should be the next Safari Girl. <laughs> Over the years, uh, you know, you have had to change a lot of support systems. So, mm. how important has finding a support system been for you? Um, I think you don't understand the value on, in a support system until you kind of need one. Mm. And, you know, I have a very strong... Were you always looking out for yourself? Sorry. Always, always. always. Okay. And I feel like I have a very strong connection with um, my best friend, you met her now, Simone and yeah. Mikhail. Yeah. And that is an actually relatively new friendship, like two years. And having friendships where there is kind of zero judgment, mm. but then also understanding... I don't think I've ever quite had that and relied on it before, where, mm. you know, when you need someone, you can pick up the phone and they're there immediately. That, for me, I've always kind of... And I'm still very pig-headed they tell me that all the time that I want to do everything myself and yeah. just do it all myself and it's really quite, quite nice when you don't need to do that do you have a problem delegating I, I've I learned, do too so that's I've what learned I'm the art of delegating in business yes um, but when it comes to emotional stuff I it's tend difficult. to be um, when I'm facing something difficult I just block it off and so there I'm still evolving and learning quite a, a great deal in just how to be as a human being. You know? <laughs> like how to navigate your own path. Yes, yes. It must have been really difficult. And I mean, you know, uh, kudos to your friends and the support system because I've, I've personally witnessed you go through the wire and you continuously, the one thing that surprises me about you every single time is mm. as soon as you get shut down, you rise 10 times higher. Yeah. And I've seen you do it over and over <laughs> and over again. Tell me a little bit about um, how rejection throughout the years has either molded you or made you grow. I think, you know, if you talk about the kind kind of incidents and the big and that, that like life changing, traumatizing rejection of what happened with the Palestine debacle. And I'll say it, but, you know, where that was a really massive thing because it was something that happened completely by accident. Yeah. You don't realizing that like something you do could offend yeah. and you do something really, really stupid. And as a result, I lost every single contract I had within a matter of 48 hours. Crazy. Um, and then you're dealing with public and just public shaming, loss of income. And then it was just really important for me to take time mm. um, and I, and I really just withdrew completely. Mm. And I was very lucky that my business is kind of right. But for a week, I was just, I like stayed in bed. I didn't want, I did the yeah. closing my eyes and hoping everything would go away. But 
for then it was important for me to actually out of respect for everyone involved kind of just take a step back I took three months off of social media where I just went dark but then still focused on my businesses and also just healing time because it was a really traumatic time I was literally getting hate mail Um, and that was really traumatic and I think it had kind of affected me very long term Mm. uh, in, in the sense that a lot of the time, you know, self-worth should be how you as yourself view yourself. But mm. a lot of my self-worth was based so much on what other people mm. said about me. So then you have the entire world hating you and then you your self-worth goes down to nothing. Mm. So I really had to get to a point where I was okay with myself and then the rest grows from there. And yeah, because your self-worth really should be something that is you determined, not everybody else's opinion it must have been so difficult for you to to go through that period and i mean i always give you my vote of confidence because i saw how difficult that period of your life was and i personally believe you actually dealt with it really beautifully to be honest i really think you did um how do you how do you stop i mean it's so difficult for you are you an introvert or an extrovert I, I, I think, think you can be an extrovert when you need to be, but mostly a homebody. Yeah, I'm definitely a homebody. So yes, the best <laughs> place for me to be is at home, watching mm. Netflix. At ho- like, I, that's my favorite place to be. And I think also when I meet people, I give a lot of myself. So I'm fully switched on when I'm with you and in person. And often that can drain you a lot, which yeah. is why I prefer... To, like having that time and obviously I think a lot of that maybe just comes with age yeah. so you know back when I was younger I was okay with going out all the time mm. but often when I'm out I find it quite draining um, and it takes me a while to recover because you give yourself to people 100%. you know when you're in- interacting and engaging and it's so difficult to be on social media and especially with the fan base that you have and mm. you give your you give so much of yourself to the public and mm-hmm. when you receive it as a state of hate mm-hmm. it's so difficult to not take that personally mm-hmm. you know how have you dealt with that before it must have been difficult to even scroll I, I you know at that point sure it was hard because also people confuse um being a public figure to being public property yes you know and being that they own you and that therefore you have the right to say whatever you want that you know i mean but this is a very common thing with anyone who's in social media like Mm -hmm. it it doesn't pertain to me or just to you and you have to view it like that and often after what it experienced and because it was so vast and so extreme Mm. when i see stuff now i swear it really doesn't even it just it just floats off of me and often I'll screenshot it and send it and I'll have a good laugh I'll yeah. send it to my friend like can you believe this because it's actually, it's genuinely hilarious I've seen you've seen that before and you actually laugh at the people you're just like, like wow good are joke. you joking and, and so I think if it's someone that knows you yeah. um, they really are then entitled to an opinion but if you've never met me before come on how can you have an opinion on how intelligent i am or what i wear yeah uh what i choose to post you know like we actually had someone commenting on safari girls that i why well, went this is meant to be a wildlife page why am i not posting enough wildlife and you know we kind of do post the wildlife but that is not what <laughs> safari girls is so I'm like you guys are like we are the wildlife actually <laughs> yeah so i mean the other dedicated channel you know so you just go with it and i find it we just find it hysterical now so 
you've got to get to that point, especially if you're choosing to mm. be a public figure. I still disagree with how people choose to act, but I mean, that's really, it's not in my control and I can't pretend it's that it is. Place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go back a little bit, back okay. to the beginning. You know, tell me, I want to know from you, when was the moment that you realized that you need to switch on or take control of your life and you could see that there was an opportunity for you to uh, catapult your life into what it is at the moment. Do you remember that moment specifically when it was like, hey, I can actually freaking, I can do this. <laughs> I don't think there was an exact moment to be honest, but I feel like every little, there's little turning points that you have in your life, sliding doors where you can make a decision that will affect you forever. Hmm. Um, and I had to make the decision whether or not, you know, I was finishing off my community service, I had to do two years. And I was so anxious to tell my parents, I don't want to be a chiropractor anymore. I'm not gonna practice, I'm gonna finish off the community service, but that's for you. Yeah. I've done eight years now, yeah. six years studying, two years community service, That's this was for you. Um, but I want to do what is gonna make me happy. So I feel like, but that took a huge amount of faith to mm. say, okay, I've, done all of this hard work towards one end and now I'm going to study something I'm completely unqualified for or I'm going to do something I'm completely unqualified for and that was open so the agency had opened when I was I think in my sixth year mm. and that was like a huge shift and it took guts and it also just and I think that's the thing people are often like really scared to just bet everything on themselves mm. uh and it's so important to sometimes say, okay, am I being completely crazy? Yeah. Uh, is this the right thing for is me? Is it the right, the right thing? So it requires, I think, planning mm. and self-belief. And, and and even if you don't have it all on your own, all these skills, because obviously I, well, not obviously, but I've been into entrepreneurship since I was three years old. I used to make mud pies, wow. walk up and down and sell it to the neighbors. Amazing. And I used to like go up and down shining shoes for the guys in the neighborhood. That was like, I think when I was six, then I used to sell chocolates. That was when I first learned you can't get high in your own supply because <laughs> I ate all my profits away. <laughs> um, so I've always had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, but obviously when you're opening it on a much bigger scale, there's certain things that you can do to prepare yourself more. Yeah. So I would really advise that people like go, seek the skills of a life coach who can help you put um, a vision into practice. It's so important to plan before. I always mm -hmm. know that, you know, if you if you have a vision, it's really important to plan it beforehand so that it can come out the way that you're looking for it, you mm -hmm. know? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the truth of it. Hearing from, you know, where you started, you've actually been a businesswoman since the age of three <laughs> and you've known exactly what it takes to get you. Mm -hmm. But it also sounds like you've also done a lot of throwing yourself into uncomfortable situations. And I think you constantly need to do that. You yeah. know, I started Alushi Aesthetics five years ago and now we are moving to Zanton. And that was like a whole different ball game because you're talking about it's actual treatments and I've never been involved in aesthetics, mm. but it was something that I wanted to do. And they, these are skills that are, are not like, a, you're not born with these skills. So mm. everyone says, oh, this one's doing this, but you know, like I don't have those skills. We, these are all things that you can learn, mm. but you have to be willing to grow. And I think as an entrepreneur, everyone asks, 
what does it take to be an entrepreneur? And I think it's that, the willingness to learn, to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. uh, to take risks to a huge extent. A lot of, there is a lot of risk involved, no matter what you say, it's a lot of risk. A lot of jumps. And the ability to save and manage your own finances. I think that's super important. It's so incredible to hear you say that because I mean, for me specifically, grit is such a massive part of it. Mm. Uh, I had to learn how to jump into uncomfortable situations and, and deal with it at mm-hmm. the same time. And you know, when you throw yourself in the deep end, you it's either it's, a, it's like a sink or swim moment for you, Absolutely. you know, and that anxiety that comes with that uncomfortability is so it's so unbearable. Actually, it's very unbearable. Um, but you learn See, I how probably to deal like with it. a little bit of a sadist because yeah. I think that um, that anxiety is kind of what drives me to really? push me forward. Like I actually like that that fighting that I need to fight now. That fight or flight. Yes. Mode. Okay. So I feel like if you're I don't know if it's a word, but a job in here, I think there's a part of you that likes <laughs> it's a new word now. <laughs> now it's a word. Um, there's, there, there's a comfort that comes with this that you've got a job to do. You know what you do, and you perform within a certain set of roles. But mm. no one can really prepare you for the job of an entrepreneur one once you're doing marketing the next minute you're doing accounting you're paying people you're doing here yeah. client services you're everything, you're everything and yes. everyone to everyone you know everything to everyone so i like that feeling and i think that's really what drives me that no two days are the same i think if i had to wake up and put on like something and every day looked the same i think i would go mad you would go crazy yes and i think that's the minute that starts happening because even in a business that can start it can start looking that way and the minute that happens i start looking for something new to venture into that's so true look being an entrepreneur is the most loneliest journey ever Mm -hmm. i'm sure that you can relate to that Mm -hmm. um have you over the years building the i would i'm going to call it the empire that you currently (laughs) have at the moment uh over the years building this empire have you felt really lonely only through this journey because not everyone well, understands I, I feel right the, so i've based now you know i've built a name called alushi which is the alushi models and mm-hmm. now alushi aesthetics so one of the things is creating and i like the word that you used empire yes. so also i run and manage airbnbs where i own and run them as airbnbs so mm-hmm. that's another side of the business property and i'm running it all under the name alushi so that name in itself means something to me and it has to have credibility and respect so in part of doing that and sustaining a brand over 15 years which mm. was when i started alushi models means you you run your business with ethics and i've noticed so whatever that means to to keep that that name squeaky clean means if a client doesn't pay me i still need to pay the model Correct. and often when you have employees even at lucia aesthetics we were shut for five months so we weren't op- able to open Drink as a over. spa and i paid all my staff in full 100 percent of their salary that's incredible and that took a lot and often you do that mm. and i literally had one and i was literally one of the only st- in no other spa that i know was doing that yeah um and, but, you know, I think one staff member messaged me and said, thank you so much every month when they got their, their salary. Yeah. And I mean, it's not something, you, it's, but I mean, yes, it is lonely when you're making a plan for everyone and no one can kind of see your perspective in yeah. this is what I'm doing. So, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a very thankless job being on top. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, when things are going amazingly well, it's wonderful. And, but but staff just take for granted like good working environment but it doesn't matter you just have to keep on doing it you can't do it for the thanks Uh, you have to do it for yourself ultimately yeah and no one really sort of 
as you said, they don't understand your perspective because essentially, if you look at what you're building, mm -hmm. you are responsible for so many people. Yes. And it, I mean, it goes back to your own self-worth. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not waking up at a certain time, you are in a space where, I mean, you don't have a choice. Yes. You don't, you know, yeah. you cannot wake up and decide, okay, this is a bad day because you actually realize I have a hundred employees that I need mm -hmm. to take care of. Mm -hmm. And those hundred employees have families, you know. Exactly. And that, I, I think that kind of drives me in a way. That's amazing. Um, it really did drive me in lockdown because I think all of us wanted to just hide <laughs> yeah. under a cover. When, when things were really bad, I literally did take strength and you know what I'm doing this for my staff and I will get through and I have no choice in the matter that was really when push came to shove and you can't just write CEO as your Instagram yeah, as your <laughs> handle like yeah, yeah. That, I, I, that's when it came you know crunch time that's crazy it's it's so beautiful to hear different entrepreneurs perspectives on uh, the responsibility of having employees with you all the mm -hmm. time you know you sound you honestly sound like you've had to do a lot of self-motivation and it's only come from you. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the rituals that you have in place that mm -hmm. always keeps you motivated. So I'm, you know, they have the 5 a.m. club. I, can be a I love bit, the 5 a.m. club. <laughs> I'm a little bit earlier than that. I'm the crazy 4 a.m. club. Really? Yes. Have you I'm, always been like that from a kid though? Or no, no, it's so weird because my mother used to think she was completely cuckoo. So she wakes <laughs> up at 3 a.m. Yeah, my granny So to. mine just starts getting earlier and earlier the older I get. So like now I'm on like 3.30 and I'm like, please God, don't <laughs> let me start becoming. <laughs> yes, I'll wake up and then I'll go online, read some articles. Um, and then by 4 a.m. I'm up, like just doing a little bit of screen cleaning and then I hit the gym. And a lot of people say it's about motivation, mm. but it really stops becoming about motivation at a certain point because motivation is something you need to rely on to get through the hard times, to push through to get to a bigger goal. Mm -hmm. Whereas these things of getting up and going to gym, now it's just habit. Mm. So I think... Yes, getting you there and getting through a certain thing is motivate yourself and prep yourself. But I promise you, after you've gone through a cycle of 21 days, you're just waking up and doing it. Yeah. Um, and even to an extent, the work, uh, the work, what comes at me, um, I do. And then I think for me, I love my friends laugh at me that like I, I'm obsessed with work. Like I'll have a drink with him and all I want to do is talk about work. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> can you give us a moment please? <laughs> so, um, so the creativity behind the, you know, what to do next and what to do in business. And that, that for me is the fun part. So mm. getting through the day and, you know, writing it down and just being organized and planning your day meticulously, that sort of stuff is really not about motivation anymore. It just becomes a part of your life. Taking aside five minutes to meditate, to be quiet with yourself. Yeah. Um, the, and a lot of people skip that part, to be honest. They do. You know, it's just about sitting, even if you're just making it with your morning cup of coffee, mm -hmm. just taking time to reflect and as part of planning your day, it's a really important time. For me, it's gym, like when I'm in the gym. That's your therapy. It really is. Yeah, and people can and people can't understand it unless you're actually doing it. And I only started gymming in my 30s. Like I'm 40 now and I started gymming when I would say 30. And in the beginning, it was a, it was a pain. I hated it. Yeah. And now I cannot live without it. That's incredible. How did you ingrain all of these rituals? Like your meditation and uh, you're saying 21 days in terms mm -hmm. of building a new habit. How did you ingrain all of these rituals? Because I, I mean, from my perspective, mm -hmm. I can tell you it's, 
it's been difficult you know it's mm -hmm. difficult to set and i don't know why but i'm sure mm -hmm. i speak for a lot of people it's difficult to set those 10 minutes aside to journal or mm -hmm. uh, those 10 minutes aside to to meditate and and find your peace so i think that is why they talk about being the 5am club and why people who wake up at that time are so much so much more successful mm. than other people mm. and the reason for me behind that is if you're going to try and stick in gym at 4am or just whenever you can make time it never becomes a priority yep. so for me i find all all these things that I have to get done before my phone starts ringing, before anyone else is awake, just do it in the morning, set aside that time, and just really what are these important things that you need to do? Morning is always best because your phone's not ringing, there's no disruptions to it, and then it just becomes a part of your daily life. And do you find those morning rituals in the beginning actually sets you up for your day, oh, and then the rest yes. of your day is actually not that chaotic? Oh, yes. I Absolutely. So there's some days like actually this morning mm. I woke up and I had like a really sore neck. So I said, I'm not going to go. And I actually was. And I was saying to Simone because she's sitting outside. Mm. I said, I'm actually really moody today. And I'm not a moody person <laughs> ever. Like it's, and it's, it's, it's like not a, a normal concept for me. I, I, I'm not, I don't wake up on the wrong side of the mm. bed. And I think it's because I miss gym. So these things kind of help me deal with the rest of my day better. Do you sure. talk to yourself? So just hearing of how missing a certain ritual affects your mm -hmm. your mental health. Um, do you, you find yourself in spaces of I've missed gym, I've missed my meditation. So you self-sabotage yourself for the rest of the day? Um, probably. I'm more inclined with myself to believe I didn't get my endorphin rush. Yes. Um, and I do think there is a thing and a lot of people do this. Um, and it's something I was guilty at, but I really focus on it, that our thoughts, I mean, do you know how many thoughts we have in a minute, in an hour? So and all these thoughts, they, they affect you. So if, the con if your overriding thought is negativity and yeah. you are unkind to yourself, how do you expect to feel mm. like this beautiful, amazing, I'm going to take over the world person if all the thoughts you have are negative and draining. So even if you have to create affirmations and you're just saying them and you're forcing yourself initially to them, but I sometimes even catch myself being hard on myself and I have to stop that thought process mm -hmm. because it is what it is and you've got to be gentle with yourself. Would you say that to anyone else? Yeah. If I wouldn't talk to you like that, then why would I be doing talking to myself like that? A lot of people and I... I know this for a fact because it's something I had to go through also is you go through that negative thought pattern, but you try to flip it, but that thought just stays there mm -hmm. all the time. So like for you, how, how have you managed to flip it? Because it sounds like you ask yourself questions, mm -hmm. you know? I think, uh, I, you know, I'm a big advocate for therapy. Mm -hmm. And if there is really an Me overriding too. negative thought that you can't get rid of, then maybe you should speak to someone about it. Why is it? Why is that thought continually reoccurring? What can you do to change that, that mm. perception of yourself? Because it really is so important to just be kind as you would to others, um, mm. be to yourself. So crazy. I completely agree with you. It's really just been an incredible journey um, of trying to continuously not self-sabotage myself, mm -hmm. but also put myself into a space of you know, being able to flip my negative thoughts into things that are positive, you know? Mm -hmm. And I like what you said earlier, when you're talking about your thoughts, you you say to yourself, would I say that to anyone else? Mm -hmm. You know, would I would I think this out loud? Mm -hmm. it does, if it doesn't make any sense out loud, why does yes. it make sense up here? Yes. You know, and you can sort of change the trajectory of your entire life just by what really goes on mm -hmm. up here every single day. Absolutely. You know? And even if 
like we were talking about affirmations mm. i think that's important you know i don't really do that now maybe i should start doing it again <laughs> but affirmations and saying things that you want to be true they don't have to be true yeah but you you know you want that like yeah. i am beautiful i have the most amazing body you just say these things of the person you want to be i'm kind i'm beautiful i'm generous i'm all these things i mm. think it's just say them out loud as yeah. part of your morning ritual you speak a, a lot about kindness mm -hmm. and uh, i believe you are really kind ever since <laughs> we started talking like you have always been very warming in a place that you have a really good warmth mm -hmm. around you and the energy is always around mm -hmm. you how have you built that over the years so I, it's such an important thing mm. to be kind. And even when I employ people, yeah. it's one of the things that I speak about yeah. in a culture of what I want in my office space and what I would like to have around me constantly. Mm. And I don't allow negativity in my space, even in my workspace. We have a culture of kindness and you know, I breed that in everyone that surrounds me. If I have a person that, uh, is negative and I feel that often mm. I, I, I cut them out I genuinely do like I, um, I you know initially I will talk about it and I think it's so important when you're younger these are things you weren't brave enough to do you kind of accepted yeah. when someone was toxic or unkind if I spot that I don't I really don't need need it around me so yeah. you just I choose to distance that from myself because if it's in my circle, circle it's going to affect me and I don't like it so that's it. But if you're someone who has your own business, you're able to create the culture that you want around me. And I'm happy to say that in the environment, at work, wherever. And if I see any anything that is that would make me uncomfortable, I say something, and mm. you learn to address it. You have to. Um, That's incredible. That's mm. amazing. And I I also really want to go back to um, your circle. You know what I've seen and. I really like this podcast because I do view how people portray themselves on social media. And I mean, we've never met. This is probably mm -hmm. the first time that mm -hmm. we've met, but we have spoken before. And you always come across as someone that's very neutral. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a there can be chaos around you, but you always you come from a place that someone's very neutral, very calm. Uh, if it's not my place, I won't say anything. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to comment on what you were doing. I'm more focusing yeah. on my own journey. So I think going back to that very traumatic experience that I had, mm. um, it kind of fundamentally changed me on so many wow. levels. But again, what had happened at the time, if I can go briefly on it, yes. is that I was I posted a picture of black coffee mm. and someone said, how could you post this picture with black coffee? He's a Zionist, you know, he's performed in oh, Israel. Yeah. And I went to his defense and said, no. And I, I didn't even know what they were talking about. So I Googled it and Black Coffee had said, look, music should bring the world together, not to it apart. And I quoted that. And then, then they'd kind of gone more in. And then I messaged, I mean, I, I just came back. It was like six in the morning. I was in Ibiza at the time. I couldn't even see straight. I'd messaged one of my friends, what should I respond to this? Mm. And then I got this long essay. thing, essay. And I'm like with one eye, yeah, that sounds so smart. <laughs> Went to sleep oh and <laughs> woke up to like people trying to bang down my door. <laughs> like, have you seen what's going on? Okay. It was really, really bad. So you also learn that social media is not the place for your any kind of opinion. It's yeah. a place of pretty things and nice. And I can have these kind of discussions with my close friends. Mm. It's really not the platform for it. And I don't want to get into intense 
personal debate. It's not a personal thing for me. Instagram is not, I'm not going to put my journal sessions with myself and my diary. I don't, I don't do like subtweeting where you say something about someone else, but mean for them to yes, read it and yes. know that it's, it's like an them. underlying cut, you know? Yeah. No, not that kind Instagram's of girl. not for me in that place. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can, I can have that for my journal, you know, That's incredible. but I do think it's important to, and especially then what you learn is if you're not knowledgeable on something, don't have an opinion on it. Yeah. You know, rather just keep Right. And exactly. if you are passionate about something and you do feel like posting about it, sure, go ahead. But then be prepared yeah. for what's going to come back. Don't just think you're allowed to have your opinion and then no one's allowed to respond to you. That That's just not, it's not that place, love. <laughs> that, must, that must have been the most traumatic morning for you, waking up the next morning. One yes. eye open in the middle of Ibiza and you copied pasted something that was just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the absolute chaos that was happening in your head at the moment. No, you're probably like, what the hell? it was just like words can't even explain what was going on yeah. and like the anger and then people call me like did you mean it? I'm like no I don't no, even I don't know what it is you know and then I just realized okay like my politics really needs some brushing up but my geography needs like everything like I wasn't just I was blissfully unaware and thought yeah. it was okay and you know I the, the person that had said this to me had given me kind of their perspective and I mm. thought well they're intelligent level-minded yeah but it certainly wasn't my opinion, so don't make, yeah. 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 That's crazy. Let's talk a little bit about your circle. You know, over the yes. years, what I'm hearing, the the two friends that I think that have been very uh, consistent in your life is Ryan and Simon. Yes, Ryan um, is still around. Good still old around. Good old Ryan. Uh, crazy, he used to be my teacher, actually. Oh, my dancing. Yes, he used to yes. be my teacher. Um, and... I want to talk a little bit about your circle because a lot of people know you, but what I've noticed about you is that you keep your circle very close very. and very tight knit. Have you had to uh, let go of a lot of people over your years? I definitely, definitely. Look, I still have friends from, you know, I was made of honor for my friend from high school. Mm -hmm. So I still have and have kept close friends with me, but I mean, they love geography has kind of kept it so that you don't see yeah. everyone very often. Yeah. But definitely, and you know, I think when I was younger, it was so important for me to have a million friends. And I remember having my 27th birthday and I only had 270 of my closest friends. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> you were like my closest friends, 270. And that was like super important that I could be, you know, that like that I felt popular, mm. but I, I don't have that hang up anymore where it's so important for me and because you can't maintain that level of friendship with yeah. everyone and at a time I tried but it's very draining and actually and what friendship should give you is joy and love and a place of peace yes. to escape to it's but a when you space. have your phone ring, my literally my phone would ring non-stop so I I kind of don't like I'm just like look I'm really really busy and then mm. you we can have a group something yeah. every now and then <laughs> but the people that you really really give your time to I think you've got to be selective and again positivity you know Ryan must be yes. the most positive person Extremely. I know and just just a kind mm. kind human being and he doesn't tolerate and that's actually who I learned a lot of what I'm saying to you now about not tolerating hatred or negativity because if people would vent to me before or be ugly or gossip i would not necessarily but i would listen and he's someone that has really taught me that you don't have to tolerate that if someone yeah. if someone wants to be gossip about that want to say horrible things or just not you don't have to sit around and listen so just say true. look mm. so true it mm. must have been very difficult for you to also make friends in the industry 
Because I mean, no, not really. Not I've really? never, okay. I've never had a problem making a friend. Mm, yeah, that's incredible. That's amazing. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, I've. Never, well, you are a very neutral person, so yeah, I, I think you I'm, are very approachable. You yeah. always have been very, very approachable. Yeah, I'm, and I'm a real girls girl. I prefer hanging out with girls. <laughs> so much. <am> <laughs> you know, like you know, people say, "Oh, I just I have struggled making female friends." I just I don't have that problem, and mm. I think I'm lucky in that way. Um, that's amazing yeah you know letting go of these toxic I would say toxic friendships and relationships mm. over the years you know I'm sure it must have had a very emotional effect on you because you know you went from 270 <laughs> friends on your 27th birthday yeah. to like three four or I five I think you know? everyone like breakups uh, if you have a very important friendship often those really big friendships and they uh, and something happens where it actually is like a breakup. Mm. I've had that. And that is as traumatizing or more than a relationship because is. this is someone you told everything to, mm. who knew all of you. And then when that ends, you kind of think it, it like affects a part of your yeah. soul. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've struggled with it, but I've had it. And I'm not um, naive enough to think it'll never happen again. True. Uh, it'll happen again and you're prepared for it and I'm sure it'll hurt. Just the same. Like I don't think any lessons that you learn in life can like prepare you yeah. for the loss of a breakup. Yes, there's certain things you can do that will help, but any breakup is hard. That's incredible. It really, really is tough. It's, it's difficult to let go because mm -hmm. every single person that walks into your life, they're always there for a reason, mm -hmm. you know, and some are just there for a season. Yeah. And, and I think also in, in friendships, I, and one thing I think I've gotten better with, yeah. you can't expect. Oh, no. Too much of yeah. friendships. People are human beings. Mm. So, you know, I used to get really annoyed with one friend because I would put in all the effort. I would always make plans and do this. And, you know, she was a bit flaky. Mm. But now she's one of my closest friends and I love her because that's who she is. You've got yeah. to embrace she's flaky, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to put in the more of the effort. It's just who she is. Love her. But once you stop with expecting someone to conform to what you think mm. is a good friend. Correct then you will be a far happier person. It's so true. And so many relationships and friendships are exactly the same. And it's why friendships don't actually really last is because you walk into a relationship or a friendship with so much expectation mm -hmm. from that person. They must mm -hmm. message you. They must check in how you're doing. Yes. You know, for me personally, yeah. I have a very, very small circle. But I mean, if we don't talk to each other for two weeks, it's chilled. Because yes. when we see each other yes. again, it's like we yes. pick up where we left off, yes. you know. And we had two weeks to build up our life story so we can come back <laughs> so and be you have like, something to say. You never knew what happened last <laughs> week to me you know um yeah. so i can understand that perspective and a lot of people i think they they put themselves in a position of expecting too much mm -hmm. from other people mm -hmm. and then you're bound to be disappointed really nobody are. has to be everything to you yeah you know? exactly tell me something that i've this is a very important question mm -hmm. who were you then and who are you now <sighs> oh my gosh deep breaths, like, no, deep breaths. <laughs> Um, I think I've always been, I've all, I, I think I've always been someone who had high hopes and mm. dreams for myself. Mm. And the problem with that, you also, well, it's a good thing to have hopes and dreams, yeah. but you always anticipate that by now you're going to have all your shit figured out. So true. And, and you I don't. don't. <laughs> you really, really don't. Really don't. Yeah. And I'm hoping that 50 year old, but I mean, if I don't, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually want to propose something like I'm 40, I'm unmarried and I don't have children. Um, my life isn't what I anticipated it would be, but it's so, so beautiful. Mm. 
and I'm still so happy and maybe can I come back again in 10 years and answer who I am that's great so season 15 of Switch On we're bringing her back yes. she's walking in with kids and a beautiful yes. man and then I'm going to tell you who I am in the next 10 years of your life what do you think would be the most important aspect that you'd like mm -hmm. to achieve so I think family is really important mm. to me it is I, is get, it because I, I get I get a little bit I think and it's one thing I do kind of take a little bit uh, yeah. when people ask me, why don't you have kids? Mm. I'm like, mind your own business. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about you. And I do think to get where I am, voluntarily or involuntarily, mindfully, not mindfully, there have been sacrifices. Mm. And that's come with missing social engagements, missing going out on dates, never been on Tinder, yeah. never been on a blind date. So these are kind of things. Never been on Tinder? Never been on Tinder. No way, it's for real. For reals, for realsies. So I feel like there are definitely things that have lacked, which I'm now in a place where I see this. Mm. I see it and it becomes, because it never, when I saw other people having babies and starting their families, it was never something that kind of, okay, I, I want, that's the space yeah. I want to be. And I was so content with where I was. And I was so focused on my lane mm. that... Now when I see it, it like triggers something each and every time I see it. So that just kind of means that it is something that I want. And the same way what I have now has been took, taken a lot of hard work and building. I know it means I have to go on that date. I have to go on. Do you know anyone, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> I really do. About 10 and then we'll just line them okay. up and me and you can pick okay. them together. A speed dating. <laughs> we can do okay. a little bit of a speed dating session. <laughs> um, it's so incredible to hear you say the things that are more important to you now. And, mm -hmm. you know, I relate to that so much because I've, I'm sacrificing constantly. There's family engagements mm -hmm. I'm not able to meet. And, and everyone thinks you're an arsehole. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, just, I just, I, I, want I can't to. be yes, there. I want yes. to, but I can't, you know, because there's a certain level and you get to a point in your life where I think you yourself was also like well you know I haven't really focused a lot of that mm -hmm. part of my life and, and now I think it's important so I want to make my niece's mm -hmm. first birthday or yes. her graduation. You, you've seen or, whatever you give focus and mm. energy and love to it grows mm. right like you, you're watering that plant and one thing I haven't nurtured mm. is that side of my life which I think now I'm going to actively and mindfully give attention to it. That's incredible. I have one last question for yes. you. Uh, what is the biggest spiritual highlight of your life? Um, a spiritual highlight. Um, I went to India um, or to Sai Baba's ashram oh. with my mom uh, last year. Yeah. It was it's remarkable. Um, I just came back. Like people like would literally say, you look, you look like you you're glowing. <laughs> and like, no, I'm not pregnant. But <laughs> Sai Baba, it was just, and actually getting to meet Sai Baba, listen to him talk every day. Mm. It was just the most, uh, so any kind of retreat like that, I would really, you know. Recommend to mm. as much people as mm. possible. Mm. Is a lot of things that you learned while you were in India? Um, I'd lived in India for seven months. Okay. Um, and that was incredible uh, I, I, I you know and I've gone back with my mom to ashrams every now and then she pulls me and my mom's very into a spiritual she like meditates for an hour a day I don't know how oh, anyone wow. does <laughs> I don't know meditation for an hour it's yeah. unbelievable yeah um, 
but yeah i'm becoming i'm getting there as we grow older we look at our parents like they're completely foreign yeah you know it's so true it's like who are you and how did i not discover this about (laughs) you when i was younger you know well i can see it with my mom she's constantly evolving like she wasn't that you know person that meditated at all yeah um, and I've watched her evolve into this person, which is beautiful mm. over the last 40 years that I've seen her just evolve. So it means there's there's chance for me, there's hope for me. It's <laughs> true. I mean, my mom has also really changed over the years. And, you know, she was a single parent back then mm-hmm. and it must have been really difficult for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so crazy. On our previous episode, we actually spoke very much in depth about this, about how we viewed our parents when we were younger. And as you get older, you have a third party perspective and being like, well, you know, you cannot be angry for the way they dealt with certain situations they didn't really have a choice mm. you know they didn't have the education that myself and you have mm-hmm. um there wasn't podcasts like this there wasn't shows like this about self-help and how to deal with trust issues mm-hmm. or how to deal uh with a gay baby or mm-hmm. do you know what i mean there was mm-hmm. there was none of this for them mm-hmm. so it must have been really crazy and it's so glad i'm so glad to hear um about your mom's evolving that's yeah. amazing she sounds beautiful she is beautiful i'm very blessed meditation for an entire hour i five minutes in my brain is bing, bing, yeah yeah bing. i start like making pictures in my mind at yes, the same time like, okay, not mind mapping meditation <laughs> get back to my breath please get back to my breath sashi thank you so much thank for being on the show so it's been absolutely incredible and uh thank you for being vulnerable and yeah. for teaching us as much about kindness loyalty and all the characteristics you've adapted over the years oh. it's really been amazing to have you on Thank the show you so much you can follow sashi on all of our social media accounts we're going to link everything down below a huge thank you to all the sponsors vodcast tv clock media the whole switch on team it's been absolutely incredible don't forget you can stream this episode on apple podcast youtube spotify and do me a favor as i said in the beginning share the moments that inspire you i want to know from this specific episode what did you learn about what sashi had to say does everyone get your name wrong all the time? So it's Sashi. Sashi. There we go. And I'm like, there's everyone, an H. But there's an H. I don't know. My parents were just messing with people. <laughs> it's throwing a silent first H for no <laughs> oh reason <God>. at all. <laughs> Thank you for watching.